Let us pray. Thank you, Father, for your blessings. Thank you. Open our eyes so we can see you. Open our ears so we can hear you. Open our hearts so we can be willing to obey and practice your sovereign will. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, my name is Aaron Zapata, and in Spanish, you say our own. They say our own table, our own car, <laughs> our own Zapata. <laughs> well, uh, thank you very much. This is a blessing to be here. My wife, Leticia, is, of course, extremely important in my life, in my ministry, in our family, and in the church. And I praise the Lord for her. Thank you for you, Pastor Chuck, and the elders and the deacons have been a blessing to my ministry. And I see that you are looking at me. I don't know if you are understanding my broken Spanglish. However, I am like a broken radio. Imagine that you are in war and you are under fire. And then you have a small thing that doesn't work properly. has a lot of static, and it doesn't sound very well. Well, you have to receive some instructions from your superior. I am the broken radio. So you have to pay close attention to this broken radio just to get some of what is very important. And I'm sure... The Lord is going to bless you as he blessed me uh, this morning. Thessalonica. Thessalonica was a church planted by Paul. And they had some questions, as we have. As Christians, we have many questions about our Christian life, the past, the present, the future. And on various occasions, each one of us, of us has spent some time looking at the future that awaits all of those of us who are Christians, the second coming of Christ. And sometimes we don't pay attention to that. We're used to 2,000 years. And Jesus said that was coming soon, and it's 2,000. Well, perhaps we'll be another 2,000. Ah, don't think that way. Could be very soon. But sometimes uh, it is possible to become so preoccupied with the future that we neglect the present responsibility. Sometimes we come to church and we get used to that. We are accommodated to life. We live in the U.S., and sometimes even close, close to the border as we are, we don't pay attention to the conflict there. And sometimes we don't pay attention to our neighbors. Uh, we don't some, sometimes we don't pay attention to other Christians around, uh, much less 
to unbelievers. Well, if we become stargazers in the future, wow, wow, and neglect our present duties, we have completely missed the point of what the Bible teaches about the return of Christ. This was the problem with some people in Thessalonica. In chapter 4, Paul describes guidelines for living, how we should live as we expect, as we wait for Jesus' return. Now, in chapter 5, at the end of this letter, Paul gives more instructions, this time related to us, to the congregation particularly. Let's love and be grateful. I don't know, there are four sections here. And most of the time, you get used to one special seat. as your name, and you barely go across the aisle. You don't sit. If you sit here, decide, wow, this is the best place. You are going to go to heaven first, and then the rest. Well, we have to love each other. The one writer has to love that man. And we have to love each other and be grateful. We ask you brothers to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. I have to love those and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. Love and be grateful. Love and be grateful. How many of you appreciate, really appreciate, what Gary did for us today? Well, you are used to be here, here, to see him here. Ah, well, somebody has to live. Okay, let him do it. But do we love him? Are you, do we appreciate what he does? He's serving the Lord, but he's serving us. And we have to pay attention to what the Lord tells us. We have to love him. Pastor Chuck will come next week. And I'm sure most of you, all of you, are expecting that. Because it's better, he speaks better English than I do. At least you are going to learn to understand what the Lord wants from you. But you see, he has a special place. We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord 
and admonish you. Well, I am a kind of soft pastor. I sometimes I'm afraid to admonish someone. I just let him, him know, well, have you thought about this? Well, my brother is more strong. He is stronger. He goes um, and he confronts you. And many times he has uh, some people who don't appreciate his ministry to, to you. But you see, I am the young brother, even when I, am, I look lo- older. <laughs> and I have received some amazing admonitions from him. And I don't like that a bit. But eventually, I see, well, he's right. He's right. You know Pastor Chuck. Sometimes he comes strong. Sometimes he's just sweet. But we have to love him, to respect him, just to appreciate what he does. Is what the Lord wants. Have you seen the elders going around? Many times you don't see what they are doing. But they are working. They are serving the Lord. They are helping you to grow as Christians. Well, so, you may think in this text that he says, those who labor, work hard, those who are over you, and those who admonish you. There are not three distinct groups. It's just one general way, uh, general comments about those who have leadership responsibilities within the congregation. It's important that when you see the bulletin, you see some names there. The pastor the elders, the deacons, take that and pray for them. Say a word of respect, of love, of consideration. Pay attention to what the Lord wants from you, from us. These leaders are working within the congregation, but we're not being given the recognition they were due so Thessalonica was a, just a church like Christ the King or Christ the Ray. I have been a pastor for several years, many years. And sometimes you find people in your congregation who are very loving, and they say, thank you, pastor, thank you. But some people say, okay, bye. And some people, they don't like what you say. Some examples, some comments, some words are not very much appreciated. In the Greek or Roman culture of the first century, there were many civic and social clubs and associations. Well, and there was a strong link between wealth and leadership. If you were rich, you were a leader. And there is some correlation about that. If you are wealthy, sometimes 
is because you are working hard, you have some wisdom, you know how to do things. But uh, those uh, relationships between money and leadership, they aren't always the, the, the same. In New Testament teaching of leadership, we see uh, the practice that the key qualifications for leadership within the Christian church was not wealth, but giftedness for ministry. Providentially, the Lord allowed us to be here. We're here. Please pray for us. These beautiful, uh, uh, obedient Latinos, uh, sometimes we say, well, tomorrow. Well, well, you didn't come. Well, next Sunday. Well, did you read your Bible? Well, next week. Are you tithing? Are you giving? Are you doing something for the church? Well, next year. Are you that way? Do you want to imitate our beautiful customs? Paul is saying that we should recognize and respect those who are in ministry. Some people speak bad things of a leader behind his back and may actually disrespect, make comments to his face. But sometimes we are so polite, we just are, have a branch here, and we don't say anything, but we, we don't love or respect. You see, I am here. And next week, I will be preaching in Spanish. So, you are going to forget about me. But don't forget about what the Bible teaches you. That we should look at the leaders. Paul was inspired by this Holy Spirit to write to Thessalonica. But you know he is speaking to your heart. Open our ears, open our eyes, open our hearts, O Father. Should the, the leaders be respected because they are better than anyone else? No. There is a phrase here, very important, that we must not overlook. In the Lord. In the Lord. And each one of us, as Christians, have been gifted by the Lord. If a person is gifted to lead, then that is God's sovereign gift to them. It is their God-given responsibility in the Lord to lead. And it is the congregation's God-given responsibility to follow. That's the church. You see the picture. There is a pastor, and all the sheep are very patient. They are quiet. They follow. How beautiful. Green pastures. 
But sometimes, you see, I have been a pastor. Sometimes my congregation is not just like the sheep, very quiet, soft, obedient. Sometimes there are some goats. How do I know that? Because I grew up in the church. I had a pastor. was not my dad. My pastor was an itinerant pastor. So I was in a church. And I was a youth. A young man. And sometimes I pay no respect to my pastor. So in some sense, when that happens to me as pastor, I understand. And I have to carry that. I have to understand how people are, and they need more time, more patience. Point, Paul points to the role of leaders in three ways. They labor, they have charge of you, they admonish you. Well, admonish is interesting. Is to counsel about avoidance or cessation of our improper course of conduct. Admonish, warn, instruct. Leaders are often the ones who provide correction to members who are out of line. It may be difficult and sometimes unpopular, but gentle, loving correction is essential for the Christian community to remain healthy and mission focused. Questions that we ask at the seminary and here in our church. How many of you pray enough during the last week? How many of you share the gospel to one person at least? Were you were you too busy to pay attention to some of your friends or family who are non who are unbelievers? So we have as pastors to provide that ad, to admonish you. Because it's for your good, your well-being. The Lord wants you to, la- to live a life that is according to his will. And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. Now, Paul speaks to the whole church in general. The pronoun you and brothers is plural. So it's not just the work of the leadership, but of each one of us. Adelphoi, that's a word in masculine, but also includes women. In the church, uh, brothers and sisters. The ladies are included here. In Paul's day, some in the church were mature, loving, encouraging, patient, kind. But others, as we see in this verse, were lazy, 
timid, weak. At some point, we don't want to do anything. We are tired, but tiredness is not the same of laziness. Sometimes we're timid. Sometimes we have, we're, have to confront uh, some military here. They, I'm sure that when you are facing a difficult situation, you are not just going for that. You, have, you are fearful. But these, these words are important for us. Warn the idol. The word is actatus. Actos, undisciplined, irresponsible, disorderly. It is used in the sense of being out of step. You remember school, sometimes you are marching, but some people, you see, left, right, left, right, and they go the other way. It's, it looks bad. doesn't make sense. That everyone is left, right, and they say right, left, right, left. It doesn't make sense. We have to go the same, united. So this harmony, this beauty. Well, sometimes uh, this word "idle" refers to indolent. Paul uses the other of this word about people who don't work but are dependent on others. Uh, In our church, we have to push uh, a little bit uh, some people who are afraid to share the gospel. Sometimes it's just ignorance. They don't know how to do it. Well, you have to learn. Sometimes it's not a gift. Well, everyone is with that church. We need to, to pray that the Lord wants, gives us that courage to do things. Some people come to church only to be served, not to serve. At the border ministry, one thing that my brother Moses uh, made very well was that some missionary agencies were providers. They gave everything. Well, say, you have food, you have clothes, you have uh, shoes, huh? and then you have a party, okay? and everyone came to, to church. But then funds were absent. And then your church was, was just with void. Nobody came. Very few. So... He was very, but he said, we are not going to provide just for free. You, we have to provide ways for people to work, to develop. So warn the idle, encourage the timid, faint-hearted, worried, fearful, who feel inadequate. Well, this word is just for me. When Chuck Isaac, your pastor, invited people to preach, you say, well, pastor, not me. My brother and everyone else. 
That's why I am the last one before he comes. So please pray for me. Encourage me. And perhaps you, you have to ask that the same. Oh Lord, I am timid. Help me. Help the weak. I don't know if this word refers to moral temptation, weakness, or spiritual shortcomings, or physical weakness, or economic need. Could be any of these. Well, but we have to be careful how to distinguish these needs. Help the weak. That's why he says, be patient and kind with everyone. This is the fruit of the Spirit. As you know, the fruit of the Spirit is not many fruits of the Spirit, just one who has different uh, aspects of the fruit of the Spirit. Well, be patient, kind. And the Word of God says, the Lord, the Lord. The compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness. See that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Jesus was very clear. That his followers must be forgiving people. As we come together, there are some frictions, some tensions, even in our family. We are, well, Leti, Leticia and I have three beautiful, very quiet Mexican kids. Our kids are just angels. But we, we were traveling uh, the east in the east. And we stopped in one place, and the oldest said, let's go to McDonald's. And the second one, no, Burger King. No, Wendy's. Ah, it was a fight. And this poor dad, what is he going to do? If I go to McDonald's, I got two. If I go to Wendy's, well, we have to be wise, and they say, well, first you, then you, and you. Okay, so if one, each one endure that situation, and everything in peace for that subject. But many subjects just appear in uh, trying to keep peace here. Do not repay evil with evil, or insult with insult, but with blessing because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. Well, we're coming to the conclusion. If we are going to be genuinely patient with people, we have to renounce the tyranny of our own agendas. When we go to shopping, when we shopping, we want, let's say, fast food. We want this, and we want it right now. But in Christian life, it's not the same. 
We have to be patient. We have to follow what the God's Lord says. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do you really believe that God's salvation is is of more value than any difficulties or opposition that we face now? Then let us rejoice. Your faces reflect what is in your heart. At the seminary, we have different kind of denominations. All of them reformed, but some in the process. Some became were Pentecostals, okay? They, they like more expression. But we, I am a Presbyterian. I grew up like that. Like, I am a, like a, well, I don't move. I, I just, uh, I am happy. And then even sometimes when I am deeply worshiped, perhaps a, a tear will come. But I, I, I do it like this, okay, you know. My joy is just in my, in my face. When I go to, to Walmart or things like that, I see that some people are walking like this and then smile at me. And then I smile. Why? What happened is my, my mouth, it seems that it has a pencil like this. It's, it's just the way that they're happy. Look, my face is happy. Sometimes I'm concerned, but my I, I kind of smiling. And they think that I am smiling and they smile at me. So we need to smile. Not because we are just happy, just crazy. But because we have a doctrine, we have a God. The Lord loves us. And he says, this is God's will. For you in Christ Jesus. So love and be thankful. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord and live for him. As we wait for his second coming. Thank you. May the Lord bless you.